Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. Holy Grail of Christmas gifts, the Red Ryder 200-shot range model air rifle. And there he is, Red Ryder himself. In his hand was the knurled stock of as coolly deadly-looking a piece of weaponry as ever I had laid eyes on. A little different this morning at uh, Faith. This morning, how about this uh, stuff up here? Red Ryder BB gun. We got, a, we got a lamp in the house, you know, we're going to have some fun today. So thrilled to have you out today. Uh, for those that do not know me, if you're new here in the house, my name is Aaron Hom, our discipleship pastor here at Faith. And Pastor Larry, our senior pastor, is out right now in Nepal. If you don't know where Nepal is, it's Mount Everest area. I don't think he's hiking that, but he's pretty competitive spirit and he's ambitious, so he might do that before he comes back. But he's got the team out today, uh, about, I think about 12, 14 people went with him, so they're literally across the other side of the earth right now. So be praying for them, and he'll be back next week. But uh, we're going to have fun today. You guys, you can have fun in church, right? Come on, that's a little weak. Can you do a little better? Come on. All right, we should be able to have a little fun in church. So if, you, if you've been, there we go. <laughs> Somebody's like, yeah, Clemson or something after last night. Um, if you have been here for a while, you know that we do a series, Christmas at the Movies. We've done just at the movies, and this is fun. This is just a fun time of year for us to do this again. And so that's where we're headed today, and uh, we're going to be in a three-week series. You actually saw the clip just a minute ago for It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, how many of you guys seen that movie? I'm just curious. All right, about half a congregation. Brooke, you got to get on it. Me and her were just whispering. She's like, I've never seen it. It's a, it's a classic. And then we'll be talking about that and just how we can connect with George Bailey and that character. I saw that movie first time about 15 years ago. It's, it's a great one. And then the week after, A Christmas Carol. And there's some timeless truths in that movie as well. Uh, but this week, we're talking about A Christmas Story. How many of you guys seen that one? A Christmas Story. That is a funny, funny movie. And so if you haven't got a chance to stop by the foyer yet uh, on your way out, uh, do that. As you head out, we got some snacks at both sides of the doors and, and just some Christmas goodies for you. And uh, you'll see a, a lamp out there as well. And you'll see someone walking around in a pink bunny outfit, someone related to me. So we'll just leave that at that. So, um, but why do we do it? Why do we do a sermon series like this? Some people will ask that sometimes. And the thing is, is that Jesus did not have movies, okay, back in his day. But he used parables, okay, stories that connected to common life to bring a moral and spiritual lesson to that. He used that all the time in the Gospels. And so, Today, we have movies, and we can use portions of movies to kind of give us that as well. They're relevant to our time that we're in, and they're kind of like a modern-day parable in a lot of ways. And so we, we all love movies. We all relate to those stories. We find ourselves in those moments sometimes, you know, as a kid, even growing up as an adult, and because they speak to a lot of our emotions, and they touch our heart in a lot of ways. So that's where, that's where we're going today. And this movie today, The Christmas Story, can remind us all of our own crazy holiday moments with family, okay? Maybe you guys had some of that at Thanksgiving already with that uh, crazy uncle or cousin at the house, but you also have it at Christmas time. Christmas time is great to get together with family, but we all know, you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but you all know you have some crazy individual in your family 
and some crazy stories. Every one of us have stories of Christmas season and just some funny things, outrageous things that have taken place. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, you'll get a chance. It comes on every year on TV for 24 hours straight at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But there's uh, two important characters we're going to land on today. The first one is Ralphie. Ralphie is the one who possesses a relentless love for this BB gun, the Red Rider BB gun. How many of you guys had a BB gun growing up? Come on, the Red Rider. How many of y'all still have the BB gun at the house? You just don't want to let anybody know that. But yeah, so this is actually from our house. This is our boys. Aiden's down here with me today, my oldest. And uh, we got one for the boys last year, and it's the official Red Rider symbol on it. So Ralphie's the one that really, really wanted that BB gun. And then you have another one, the dad. In the movie, he don't have a name. He's just called the old man. The old man in the movie. And he has this deep attachment for a certain lamp, okay? So here's the thing. Have you ever noticed how we can really, truly do some ridiculous, crazy, off-the-wall things for love? Or the obsession of things? How many of you guys have ever done that? There's some crazy things for someone or something that you loved so much. I'm going to take you back in the archives a little bit of my life a little bit. But I, as I was putting this message together, it made me think back to my first car. How many of y'all remember that? The first car. Man, the first car that you ever had was everything. It might have been the biggest piece of junk in the world, but to you it was everything. My family started with a Chevy Pinto, okay? And I was praying to the Lord above. I'm like, please do not let me have this awful poo-poo brown Pinto. I don't want to, and it died with my sister. I was like, yes! Well, then as I'm heading towards 16 years old, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I want a car. And I kept throwing hints out to my parents. And they're like, well, we don't know if we're going to get you uh, a car or not. And I was really bummed because when I hit 16, that birthday happened. I got the cakes. I got some clothes. Every 16-year-old loves clothes. Um, And I was really wanting that car. And nothing was happening. It was 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm just, I'm bummed. You having a good day, Aaron? Yeah, I'm having fun, you know. Well, finally, about 5 o'clock, the agony was over. My dad said, hey, come outside. I want you to see something. We walk outside, everybody's got the cameras ready, and right there, sitting in the, the driveway was my, we used to call them Dotsons, but it was a Nissan 200SX 1984 sports car. I was like, yes. I was like, yes, that's mine. Had a big red bow on the front. I was obsessed with this car. I, I mean, that was everything. I cleaned this thing constantly. I mean, I was always cleaning the wheels and the tires and making sure the interior and the outside every single week. Doesn't matter if it was 40 degrees outside, I was cleaning that car to keep it sparkling because it was mine, and it meant everything to me. This thing had the flip-up lights. Remember those? Yeah. Um, it would talk to you when you, it says, keys are in the ignition. This is before Siri, okay? Had the digital uh, display, you know, inside with the, the uh, when you push the gas pedal down, the, the RPMs would go up, and I had the digital speedometer on there, man. Orange and blue interior. Come on. I mean, Yeah. I could care less because it was my car. Then I started tricking it out, okay? I started to, uh, I got new wheels on it. I tinted the windows and um, I went to the leather sports bra that we used to put. I'm really dating myself now back in the early 90s. The leather sports bra on the front. Some of y'all are like, what's a leather sports bra on a car? Google it later, okay? It was a big thing back in the day. So I had all those things. And then I ended up putting a sound system in my car. CD changer, remote control, nice receiver, two 12-inch subwoofers in the back. I was just like, I mean, that was me. And you hear boom, boom going down the road. Everybody knew a mile down the road, here comes Aaron in the car. And I had Air Run on my license tag. And that's A-I-R-R-U-N. So my junior and senior in high school, everybody's like, hey, let's get an Aaron's ride. 
this was a four-seater. It was a stick shift. That's the only way to have a sports car. But uh, somehow, some way, I ended up with eight people in the car one time, got pulled over by the cops. Going a little fast, got pulled over by the cops. I don't know how I got out of those things, but it gives you a little bit of uh, insight to my crazy high school days. But that car was everything. I loved that car, and I mourned it when I ended up getting rid of it. But it was actually, it, everybody started calling it the weed eater because it was down to three cylinders running well. And it just didn't sound really good at the end, so it died out. But that is just, the thing is, is that I love that car, and I'm sharing that with you guys because we all have done some crazy things for things that we love or for people that we love. And uh, the reason is that is that we're wired to love. That's the way we were created. That's the way we were designed by God himself to love people and to love things. But I want to take you back just for a moment to give you some context of this to the first people in the Bible that's talked about, Adam and Eve, Right? So Adam and Eve, in Genesis, he says this. God says this when he's creating the first people. Let's make man in our own image. And what that means is we're imagio Dei. We're made in the image of God. That's awesome. That blows your mind, but it's incredible as well that we're made in the image of God in regards to our capacity to love. And we were created with that capacity to love like God does. I want, to turn, I want you to turn if you have your devices or your your paper Bible with you today to be on the um, screen as well. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. And you can stand with me as we're doing that this morning. We're just going to read this passage of Scripture together. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. But whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Maybe underline that. God is love. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for an incredible worship experience this morning. Your spirit is in this place today. And we love you and we are honored and thank you for the freedom we have to worship you freely and to have this opportunity today to just get together and unpack the word. Lord, help us to understand how we can tie modern day principles into classics and timeless truths and heavenly principles as well and blend those together. We love you and we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. All right, so the first thing this morning is this. If you're taking notes, we can love the wrong things. We can love the wrong things. We really can. That simple verse that I just read a while ago, I love 1 John 4, 8 because it says, God is love. God is love. But we have to understand that sometimes that's taken out of context, okay, by a lot of people. Love isn't God. God is love. It's a big difference. That's who he is, and because he loves us, he will always act toward love, loving us in return, okay? Even when we need to be disciplined, even in judgment, he loves us. He still acts in love. Proverbs 3.12 tells us that God corrects those he loves like a parent corrects their kid, now, how many of y'all have been corrected by your parents growing up, okay? Some of y'all got some stories like, oh my, oh my, my parents, they tore up my behind up, okay, back in the day. So, but you know what's interesting is that in the time we're living in today, my wife is a teacher and she could address this much more, but if you're a teacher in this room, again, I say this every time I get in the pulpit because I think you guys are absolutely incredible what you do to take care of our kids on a daily basis in the classroom. 
My wife comes home some evenings and she's just like, I just want to go take a bath and be alone for a while. <laughs> she's got eighth graders. So it's crazy at times, you know, and it drains her and she gives everything out. But it was so sweet this week. She got something from one of her students and it said, 50 reasons why I love you as a teacher. What eighth grader does that? But my wife got that and I was like, you need to frame that sucker because <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. But um, the thing is, in the time we're living in, a lot of times people miss this. They think, well, if I discipline my kid, then I'm being harsh on them and I shouldn't do that. I need to just love them regardless they're making mistakes. And we just throw things at them to try to appease them. And I'm like, there comes a time when our children need a little bit of discipline and judgment, okay? To realize that things are wrong. And my son is sitting there hearing this this morning going, oh my gosh. But it is what it is, you know? And I feel that weight. I feel that tension at times. You know, I have to discipline my boys. Pastor Aaron, come on, your kids are perfect. <laughs> No, they're amazing, they are. But hey, they make mistakes just like we do as adults, right? And so I love them. I do it because I discipline my kids because I love them. And I want what's best for them and I want them to grow up. I, if I don't discipline and teach our kids now at this age and help them course correct at times when they make mistakes, they're gonna grow up to be the most self-absorbed individuals in the world where the world is gonna revolve around them and no one can handle them. And we know some people like that as adults now. And I'm like, you know what? That 45-year-old man needs a good spanking. You know? <laughs> I mean, really. But that would be weird. So we don't do that. But as a father, I love them so much, I help them understand their place in this world. That it doesn't revolve around them and help them steer. If they steer off course, I'm there to help them correct them because I love them. And that's the way, that's the reality is God wants to do that same thing for us. He is the embodiment of love. It consumes him. And part of that God, of God's divine design for you and I was to give us a deep capacity to love like him. And again, because we're made in that same image, we have that same capacity to love. But there's a, lot of, there's a big difference a lot of times between how we love and how God loves. We're human, and what happens is this gets in the way. Flesh, okay, right? This gets in the way a lot of times. We're not perfect. We are flawed creatures. Breathe a sigh of relief today that you're messed up a little bit. And that's why we need him. That's why we need Christ. It means, that though, even though we have a deep capacity to love like God, we can love the wrong things if we're not careful. Is that another one of your silly puzzles? Yeah, it's another one of our silly puzzles. Could be worth 50000 Bucks. What kind is it this time? Name the great characters in American literature. Victor? Yeah? The Lone Ranger's nephew's horse? Meanwhile, I struggle for exactly the right BB gun hint. It had to be firm, but subtle. Flex says he saw some grizzly bears near Pulaski's candy store. They looked at me as if I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. I could tell I was in imminent danger of overplaying my hand. Casually, I switched tactics. Hey, Dad. Uh, I'll bet you never guess what I got you for Christmas. A new furnace. <laughs> That's a good one, Dad. <laughs> my old man was one of the most feared furnace fighters in northern Indiana. Hurry up, you're gonna be late for school. Yeah, yeah, I'm running late already. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, zip. I could feel the Christmas noose beginning to tighten. Maybe 
What happened next was inevitable. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? Horrified, I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 Range Ball Air Rifle. Ooh. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no, it was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. That deadly phrase uttered many times before by hundreds of mothers was not surmountable by any means known to kiddom. But such was my mania, my desire for a Red Rider carbine, that I immediately began to rebuild the dike. <laughs> I was just kidding. Even though Flick is getting one. I guess I'd just like some Tinker Toys. I couldn't believe my own ears. Tinker Toys? She never buy it. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. Poor kid. Poor Ralphie. Ralphie was absolutely consumed with wanting the Red Rider BB gun. I mean, it overtook everything. It was a little bit of an obsession going on there. But, hey, we can all relate to that. As when we were kids, I mean, there's certain things that we were obsessed about as we were heading through the Christmas season. We were like, we want this gift. We want this gift so bad. And then we got it. I remember when I got my first Nintendo back as a kid. I was like, yes! You know, I was just thrilled about that. And then I got a four-wheeler one year. I was like consumed with getting a four-wheeler. And I thought, my mom was like, you're going to break your neck on that thing. That's what she said. But I ended up getting one after all. So I was thrilled to have that. Got some road burns on those things some at times. But it was still a lot of fun. But we all, we all have those kind of moments. And it's fun watching the boys because, um, you know, as we're heading into the Christmas season again, every year there's certain things that they want. I know you could, he can name it right now what he wants, and uh, Brady as well. And it's funny because they've been running every day to the mailbox for a Christmas catalog. And we just don't do Christmas catalogs anymore. So every day they're like, yeah, and they get to the mailbox, oh, you know, and it's just not there. And so I ended up going to Target and getting them a couple magazines, some catalogs of the day to look through it. Y'all remember the Sears catalog back in the day? Come on. You would take that thing, set it on the table, and then open it up and circle everything in it over and over again. Underline it, I want this now, you know. Here, mom and dad, you know, and hope that you get a couple things off of that. But, you know, it's fun as a child, but as we get older, sometimes we start loving the wrong things. It evolves into loving the wrong things. And we can get infatuated or obsessed with people, with money, or things that start to cloud our judgment. Uh, Jesus warns us in Mark 8, 36, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but yet you lose your soul? You gain all these things in the world, but you lose yourself in the process. Is it really worth it in the end? Is that thing or person you're so in love with worth losing everything? Think of the, the compromise some people make toward marriage in this day and time where they just, they settle down and their standards are really, they're just like, you know what, I'm just gonna marry whoever, and then they end up married and it doesn't work out. And, and it's sad to see those things. I think we should set our standards and say, hey, right here. And I'm gonna say something, this is totally off script just for a moment, but my wife told me this years ago, and it made me go, hmm, at the time, but now I realize that as, uh, later on, she said, if women would set, and I'm just gonna be honest, lady, if women would set their standard here, men would have no choice but to raise their standards up. Because I'm going to tell you, we're, we were doing it. We're like, oh, yeah, whatever it takes, you know. <laughs> and I'm not trying to put that weight on you ladies and stuff. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to pick on ladies today. But our standards sometimes are low, even in the body of Christ. It's like, whatever, you know, whatever. I just want to have someone in my life. And then we compromise things and we look back at later and we're like, Lord help. And 15 years of marriage with me and my wife has shown us God has to be first. 
And I'm telling you, if he wasn't first in our marriage, and we've had rocky moments through the years, but we're, I mean, it was amazing just to sit back a few weeks ago and say, 15 years, this is awesome that we've made it here. It's because he is number one. And if he wasn't number one, I wouldn't be in the ministry and I wouldn't be married today. I'm just gonna be honest with you. He has to be first. He has to be my, my number one love and hers as well. But what tends to happen is when we love the wrong things is that other people will warn us sometimes against our actions. But we're so consumed with love for what's wrong, we ignore even the wise counsel and, and look for affirmation from anyone. It happens. If someone ends up in that relationship, oh, just whatever makes you happy, go ahead, you know? No, that's a dead end, don't do that. And yet, they're just looking for that affirmation and confirmation from anyone, regardless if there's any spiritual, godly advice in that or not. And we search high and low for someone to agree with us. Ralphie does exactly this, even in a kid form. He takes it all the way, takes his case to the top and talks to the big man himself. Come on, kid. Ho, ho, ho. Come on. Come on up, come on up. Ho, ho, ho. The store's closing. Come on. Listen, little boy, we've got a lot of people waiting here, so get going. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? <sighs> My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football. Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh, no. Okay, what was I doing? Wake up, is. stupid. Wake up. No. No, no, I want an official red undercover and I should do to get rid of my leg rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Man, even Santa Claus let Ralphie down. He was like, no, in that moment. I always wonder, I see that scene, I'm like, is that our perspective as like a 10-year-old of Santa Claus and the craziness of that moment? But Richie made, uh, Ralphie made sure he got his request to Santa but he let him down, even in with the, saying that he'll shoot his eye out. But here's the thing, we don't, we don't listen sometimes to reason, and we'll usually seek out an audience who will to listen to it, even if we're doing the wrong things. We want affirmation and confirmation, even for the wrong sometimes, until we get it. But what happens when we finally get what we've wanted all this time? You ever been there? You're consumed with it, you get it, but does it really fulfill you? Or could it come back to even harm you or hurt you in the end? Oftentimes when we love the wrong things, they come back to cause us a lot of pain and we have an ouch moment, just like Ralphie. Okay, Black Bart, now you get yours. (laughs) 
out, kid. Ralphie, you be careful out there. Don't shoot your eye out. She hadn't seen. She didn't know. My eyes are right. The BB must have hit my glasses. My glasses? Oh, no, where are my glasses? Few things brought such swift and terrible retribution on a kid as a pair of busted glasses. off the garage and hits me in the eye. It would work. It had to work. Quickly, I whipped up some tears. Ralphie? What's the matter, honey? Oh, what happened? What is it? Let me see that. There was a zinzicle and, and, and it fell off the garage and it hit me. What? No, it's okay. Just meet your funnies. Randy? Wake up, Randy. <laughs> hey, all Ralphie could think of that BB gun, it was obsession, and then look what happened as a result. He gets it, he ignored all the warning signs, and then he was in some pain. And uh, really with that, here's the, here's the crazy part about this, is even at his age, he covered up his pain. He covered up his pain. Isn't that true about our own selves? We love the wrong things. We ignore other people's wisdom. And then when those, all those wrongs come back to hurt us, we cover the pain up. We manipulate the situation or maybe the individual. We don't admit we were wrong and we don't want to look foolish. And so what happens, we lie so we can justify things. We've all been there at different times in our life. First Timothy 6.10, I like this, uh, this verse here. Because it tells us the love of money is the root of all evil. If you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard that scripture. But this verse speaks even something deeper beyond just money and the love of money. It's a warning sign against greed, greediness. Greed can be a love for anything over God which consumes us, which causes us to pull all our resources together in pursuit of what we want instead of what God has for us. And that's exactly what happens in Genesis. If you go back again to the story of Adam and Eve, they're told that they can enjoy everything that God's created for them. They can have anything they want except one specific tree. Keep your hands off of that one because then you will be like God. You'll know the difference between good and evil and you can't handle it. God knew that. But more importantly, you'll die. And then what happens? They couldn't keep their hands off of it. They went after it and they, they ate the fruit. And why did they do that? It's because they were greedy. They were greedy. They had a love for the wrong thing. They wanted to be like God, and that pursuit clouded their judgment, and death was the penalty for that. And they were banished out of the garden. And when they realized what they had done and the foolishness that they had done, what did they do? Just like Ralphie, they went and hid. Adam and Eve went and hid from God, which you can't do that anyway. But they tried to cover up their wrong, but it was too late. 
Again, as I said in the beginning, we are wired to love like God. But we have to be careful not to love the wrong things. Secondly, we can misdirect our love. We can misdirect our love. Now, there's an, another love in the film. We have Ralphie, of course, but then we have Ralphie's dad, the old man, and he had a love for a certain particular kind of lamp, but it's not what you actually think it is. There's an attachment there. Uh, but here's the thing. He, his love is for the, if Ralphie's love is for the wrong things, his dad's love was misdirected, misguided. Ralphie's father had a deep love for achievement, and success. He wanted to one-up everything and everyone, and he loved being the big winner. And you remember back at this clip we showed just a few months ago, he's at the breakfast table, and they're hanging out, and he's filling out this crossword puzzle, and the prize is $50,000. I mean, that's a lot of money back in when this story was taking place, 30s and 40s. Back then, that'd be a lot of money now. We'd enjoy that. He didn't win the $50,000. Instead, he won something else that didn't really please his wife too well. Ah, fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that says fragile, honey. Oh, yeah. There we go. Jeez, I really did a job on this, you know? and the statue. Do you know what this is? This is a lamp. It was indeed a lamp. Isn't that great? What a great lamp. I don't know. Uh, here, hold it. Hold it. Here, come on. The old man's eyes boggled. Oh, wow. Overcome by art. And I know just the place for it. Right in the middle of our front room window. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, this goes to the radio. This goes to the this goes. Well, it's just one too many. Let's see. The snap of a few sparks, a quick whiff of ozone, and the lamp blazed forth in unparalleled glory. Oh, look at that. Will you look at that? Isn't that glorious? It's, 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 it's indescribably beautiful. It reminds me of the 4th of July. Turn off all the lights. I want to see what it looks like from the street. Uncle Gibson, Danny, couldn't we talk this over? 
So Ralphie's father is consumed with this lamp, not because he likes it really. Here's the thing, he's consumed with it because it represents his achievement. It's, it was how he got the lamp that really mattered to him. He had to let everyone know, put it up in the window to say, look what I won. This was his award, yeah. It was like you get your deer and you mount it, you know, here's his. He's kind of sitting it on the, the table to, for everyone to see out in the streets. In the process, like Ralphie, he refuses to listen to some solid advice, even from the most precious person in his household, his wife, in those moments. She didn't care too much about it. Proverbs eleven fourteen helps us to understand that there is safety in having many advisors, much counsel, people People, have, we have a lot of times in seeing our blind spots. We really do. I mean, even in the car, and as we're driving up and down the road here in the low country, we got to watch those blind spots really well. But even in life, as we go through it a lot of times, we are just focused, sometimes just looking ahead. We're not looking around at maybe the destruction we're causing or the harm we may be causing the people around us or just the situation, the circumstances. And we're walking ahead, and it's like we have tunnel vision. And we can't see our blind spots. And problems arise when we don't allow other people to speak into our life and to hold us accountable to things. So our affections and our love can easily be misdirected. Matthew 19, it's a great story of the rich young man. Rich young man who wants to follow Jesus. So he comes to Jesus and has a conversation and says, hey, what does it take for me to inherit the, the heaven and to be with you and to follow you and all these things? What, 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 what are you asking for? And Jesus tells him, in order to do this, I want you to sell everything you have and give it away. Give all your wealth away. And I'm sure that rich young man at the time steps back hearing that. And this isn't really a story about God telling him to give up wealth to follow him. It's a test. He's going deep beneath the service and prodding his heart in that moment, asking him, where is your love really directed when you ask these kind of questions? The man can't bring himself to do it. He's grieved and he walks off because his love was misdirected. He, here's the kicker. He idolized the blessing instead of the blesser. He idolized the blessing instead of the blesser. We can, we can do this. We can misdirect our love too. We'll, we'll pray to God, God, give me kids and I want a big family. And then we get our kids and God blesses us with children and then we show up to all the things our kids are do, or they do. But when in the process, we get so caught up in the busyness of life and running our kids to and from all these different activities and sports and hobbies and school events, which in and themselves are fine. But when they start taking over your life and pushing out the one that blessed you with those kids in the first place, then that's a problem. That's a problem. Because our relationship with God suffers. And our kids need to realize at times that, hey, we're gonna put some things on pause because the most important thing in your life and our life is God more than anything else. So me and Jen have that tension. We wrestle with that with with our kids today as well. We can get caught up in those kind of things. We can also pray for a job and then we get the job and we we thank God we got the job and we're making more money than we've ever made before and things are going great. And what can happen a lot of times is, is that we get so caught up in that, we give ourselves to the job instead of giving ourselves to the Lord as well. We pray for a spouse, we get a spouse, but we don't make the one who blessed us with the spouse the center of our marriage and then it starts getting rocky. I mean, we see it time and time again that where we can get misdirected as well if we're not careful. And what we become guilty of when our love is misdirected is we trade in the, bless, the blesser, God, for the blessing. And when people are trying to give us wise counsel, we write them off. And we cling to a worthly, 
ugly lamp is what happens. But at some point, our misdirected love can come crashing down on us. Who's jealous of this lamp? Jealous of a plastic lamp? Jealous! Jealous because I won. That's ridiculous. Jealous? Jealous of what? That is the ugliest lamp I have ever seen in my entire life! Now it was out. Get the glue. We're out of glue. <laughs> You use up all the glue on purpose. The old man stood quivering with fury, stammering as he tried to come up with a real crusher. All he got out was, not a finger. As much dignity as he could muster, the old man gathered up the sad remains of his shattered major award. Later that night, alone in the backyard, he buried it next to the garage. Now, I could never be sure, but I thought that I heard the sound of taps being played, gently. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So here's the thing, we, we get a little misdirected and, and our love, our obsession for something, it can really come back. We do some crazy things. You took the glue, you used it on purpose. You know, I mean, this is some crazy moments. I know you're laughing because you're thinking, yeah, I've got so caught up in something and I end up in a conflict with my spouse and we're sitting there laughing about it later on because it was so dumb in that moment. Been there, been there before. But here's the thing, some of this stuff can come crashing down on us if we're not careful because of misdirectedness, misdirected love. And uh, here's the thing, as a child of God, he cares too much for you to allow things to keep crashing down on you. God isn't gonna let you get away with misdirected love. Jesus says in Luke 8, 17, that all those secrets will eventually be brought to life, be brought to the surface. We will have those things exposed eventually. You can tell a lie and then tell another lie and another lie and another lie, but eventually those lies are gonna come out. You can't keep doing it forever and ever. And the day is coming when you're either gonna shoot your eye out like Ralphie did, or things are gonna come crashing down on you like this lamp did because you've misdirected your love away from God. 
As we bring, the, if we start landing this plane this morning, here's the thing. This, these films we've seen today, they, in a Christmas Story, it's called, you know, they help us understand and see one is about a father and a son. One has got misdirected love. The other one is just, he loves the wrong things. He's obsessed by it and it brings pain and destruction. But as, we're, it's, as it's beautiful in here today and as we're in our homes as well and heading out, we have not a Christmas story, but we have the Christmas story that we're celebrating this year. The Christmas story. And that story is about a father and a son's all-consuming love for you and all-consuming love for me. And that is something worth celebrating so much during the Christmas season. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 tells us God's love for you is so great that he sent his one and only son to die for you so that you can spend eternity with him. Eternity. And our constraint of time, we can't wrap our minds around forever. But that's what he's saying. You will be with me forever if you receive the gift that I have. And here's the thing, he hasn't come to judge you. He's come to love you and save you. And what judges you is your own sinful choices and behavior. So many times we run into this conversation, well, I'll go to church when I get everything fixed up and straight in my life, and then I'll come in. That's never going to happen. Never. And even as a Christian, we still make mistakes and mess up at times. That's where the relationship every day comes in with him and why it's so important to have that. And that communion and that connection with him, that's what he desires with us. So I want you to ask yourself some questions today. What if you shot your eye out because you've loved the wrong things? Maybe you've been there and you're sitting there going, yes, I'm glad I'm through that, but maybe you're there now, today. Or what if your lamp is broken because you've misdirected your love and it's coming crash, it's crashing down on you right now? Where does that place you today? What do you do? It's simple. You turn to him. You turn to Jesus. That's the beginning of breakthrough and recovery and freedom and restoration and hope and getting you out of these things to the other side. It starts with him. You turn to the one who can give you a new life and a new start and then his love will fill your life. Again, remember, we have the capacity to love like God. If we're not in a relationship with Him, it can't happen. But in that relationship, you can love like Him. 1 John 4, 11 and 12 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. And that's when God is known and seen because it's lived out in his people. And when you love the right things, when your love is directed toward God, then you will have the full expression of God's love in you. So as we're heading toward this Christmas season, I was thinking about this. You know, I love the lights. I love going out, me and the kids and wife, we'll go out and uh, maybe go down and see the lights down, down the road here at, uh, James Island, but we, you know, in town and stuff, I know that we were going to go to Monk's Corner last night, watch them there, and it got rained out. We love doing those type of things, going in the neighborhood and seeing the lights. But what I realize, as beautiful as these are, and these are great, these are awesome, is that the greatest lights really shining this Christmas season can be the light of Christ shining in you. That is, that's it. That's the greatest gift you can give. Your actions, your care, your compassion for others might be the best Christmas gift 
you have ever given and that they have ever received. Some people fall in depression this time of year and it's, just, it's a tough time, I understand that because we've lost loved ones and I, I understand those seasons. Sometimes we can just get caught up in all the things we don't have. And God's saying, look at what you do have and look what you can have in me. And in those things, in return, giving it back out to love others and encourage them. That's how we're better together. That's how we're discovering our purpose and making difference and knowing God is giving ourselves out to other people and loving them because of what we've received. And so today, I want you to have an opportunity to receive that gift if you've never done that. I'm gonna ask you guys to stand up to your feet this morning. This is a Christmas gift that we want you to experience today if you've never done it. If you don't know Christ, we wanna give you that chance today. What a great beginning. Can it be? Don't wait till New Year's. Start right now receiving the greatest gift you can get in your life on both sides of eternity. It's Jesus. And if you have him, then you need to give it to others as well. Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org.